thankful that the snowstorm came on Friday this week. <laughs> you are too. That makes us in agreement. So powerful things happen in agreement. You know, we had, we went at, we didn't know what to do. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> I never know what to do when it's storming out. Um, Friday it was storming. We had prayer service scheduled and we went back and forth with the staff. Well, do we cancel? Do we show up? And I, the last time I canceled, sun came out. Mark Sutton came by the house. He said, do you only cancel when it's nice? Just never know what to do. So I told Pastor Matt, well, we'll go ahead. And uh, there was still 27 people that showed up for prayer meeting. Uh, and, and that's not a criticism of those of you that didn't. The roads are horrible. Uh, just some of us, those of us that were close enough and were able to make it. But there was a powerful presence of God that moved here. At the end of the prayer service, we just declared that faith was going to rise in the room this morning. We prayed that God would release faith for people to believe and for the impossible, for the improbable, for healing to happen, for deliverance to occur, for salvation to be released in the room. We, we prayed prayers like that. So I, I do believe that what we're sensing in the room is confirmation of that prayer that we prayed. I, any believers here this morning? Anybody believe that God can do that, that he promised? I, I wonder if you'd stand together with me, turn into the word of the Lord. A new thing, a new thing. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. God said, now it shall spring forth. Someone say, now. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And there's some scriptures that are so good that we just got to read them twice. You ready? Let's do that one more time. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. The prophet was speaking. He was prophetic. You know, prophecy means a foretelling, something that will occur in the future. But now in this verse, this, this, this prophet, Isaiah was saying, now it shall spring forth. He, he, it was so real to him, the reality of what God was speaking through him, what he was penning, putting on paper. He, was, he just had the ability to say, you know, God will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I, I don't know who's in the wilderness right now, and I don't know who's in a desert experience right now, but the word of the Lord is coming, a, a result of prayers that have been prayed this week, people that have engaged in the spirit of God, fasting that's happened for the last couple of weeks in our church assembly. I, I just want to make us a, a simple declaration this morning. God is about ready to do a new thing. As a matter of fact, right now it's springing forth. Right now in the room it's being released. Right now, the word is, 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 is engaging in somebody's spirit. I, I just wish somebody would shout, now. Now, would you pray with us? Father, we are grateful for your spirit that's moving in this room. I'm thankful for every person, God, that's here, that's present. But God, I'm thankful that you're here this morning. God, you meet every one of us exactly where we are on our journey. God, this journey toward you. Some have been on that road for a long time. God, there are many that are brand new in this relationship and this experience. But God, you meet us exactly where we are and you're constantly engaged in taking the old and making it new. 
And I'm asking this morning that you would release that creative word in somebody's heart. I'm praying that you would release that authority in somebody's life. Well, with someone that they're they feel attached and stuck to the old and unable to break free. I'm, I'm praying that there would be a revelation in the room this morning that if they'll just lay down the old, if they, that, that there is a new opportunity, there's a new life, there's a new experience, there's new birth that wants to happen. There's new, God, there's new opportunities on the horizon. It's now springing forth. And we release that word into this room. Father, as we are praying, as we're singing, God, we, we spoke about the power of your name. We release the power of Jesus in this room right now. Let it be a banner that would cover from the left side to the right side. Let it be a banner that would cover from the front all the way to the back. Let it cover every heart. Let it cover every name. God, every word that's said this morning, every, every part that's preached, I'm asking that it would be in your name. Whatever we do in word or in deed, we do it in your name this morning. In Jesus' name we ask it. I just feel that Holy Ghost power moving right now. Would you lift both hands and invite him to move? My will is your will, God. Your will, now my will. Kingdom of God, come. Will of God be done in this room. In the name of Jesus, we pray. The church said amen. Amen. And you may be seated. There's great power in something new. God is a God of new. It was Genesis 1. You don't have to go any further than that, that God created the heaven and the earth. He is a God of the new. It said the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. You can read through the entire creation experience and God creates new out of his voice, out of his word, his mouth declares it and it becomes it. It, it comes into reality out of the mind of God, out of the will of God. We, we see the world framed and formed right before our very eyes in that book of Genesis. And the moving of the spirit that made things new in that Genesis 1 account is the same spirit of God that's making things new in this room here this morning. That's why the pews couldn't hold the praise today. Some people just kind of had to step out of where they they were and make their way into an aisle somebody had to make, make their way into the, the front of this altar and this this auditorium and just begin to declare the praises of God because sometimes you just can't contain a new thing it breaks through it breaks forth it it cha changes the environment when God begins to do something new in our spirit powerful things happen in the room and and I just want to make a declaration that some things that feel a little stale in your spirit and some things that feel a little stale in your mind or in your heart God wants to make something brand new this morning God wants to do it today the moving of the spirit still makes things new when God breathed life into Adam he was uh, he was creating he had created and formed that man but out of his breath he made him alive that breath is still at work in our lives and and for those of you you feel like uh, your birthdays are impairing or impacting the things that you do I'm joining you in that some of the guys they ask me occasionally if I'll join them on Saturday nights for hockey I just reply I got a standard reply I just say I like my limbs <laughs> I like my limbs and I, I, I just have this health uh, this health picture from grade four or something like that this 
Now, it's hard for you to see the, the lines of, of the man. This is his Achilles tendon. It stops growing when you're 17 years old. That's a good enough reason for me not to play hockey. <laughs> I like being able to move my ankle. Um, yeah, but there's things that in your body that are replaced. It's regenerated. It's reformed. It's that word of God. If you ever needed proof that God makes things new, then you don't have to look, look any further than your hand. Did you know that your skin cells are replaced every 39 days? That the skeleton is replaced every 10 years. That your fingernails grow 0.1 millimeter per day. And I don't know how long you keep your fingernails, so I don't know how long it takes to replace it. Your internal intestinal cells are replaced every 16 years. There are, you know, you can go through liver cells replaced every 300 to 500 days. That means that your liver's new basically once a year. You get a brand new liver. Intercoastal skeletal muscle cells are replaced every 15 years. Wisdom teeth, enamel stops growing when you're 12 years old. Your hair, uh, some of your head hair, <laughs> grows 0.35 millimeters per day. Uh, your toenails grow one millimeter per month. Thank God for that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we were... <laughs> Last, last winter, we were doing a little work on the house, trying to spruce things up. And, you, you know, we all get a little bit shack-wacky when, <clears throat> when it comes to winter around here. And I thought, well, I'll do some painting. <clears throat> so Kath and I, we went over to Canadian Tire. They have great paint. A little plug for Cindy. The store. They, they have great. There she is over there. <laughs> you changed sides. Um, they, they had great paint in there. And, and uh, we were coming out. And Kathy had a. I had a hold of two cans, and she had a hold of a paint can. She was getting ready to put in the back of the, the truck and, or the van. And <clears throat> I think I already told this story, but I'll tell it again because it's fun. <laughs> well, as she was picking that paint can up to put it in, and she's left-handed, so I've got my left-handed here. She's putting it in the car. It slipped out of her hand and landed directly on her foot. Didn't, <clears throat> you know, and then I was like, oh, that's, that's horrible. But... <clears throat> But what I was more concerned about in the moment was the fact that the can had broke open. And now there was this big splat of white paint on the Canadian Tire parking lot. I had a, I had a towel in the van and while she was saying, Jack, help me. <laughs> she's she's kind of got this look on. She says, I think I'm going to faint. And I was being the compassionate husband that I was. I was reaching for the towel because all I could think about was the paint all over the parking lot. <laughs> paint on the parking lot. And so I'm trying to mop the paint up because all I can imagine is that, you know, a, a routine for me on Saturdays sometime, you know, is you, I like to swing by a Canadian tire with a coffee early morning before it gets all full of people. I like, I enjoy that. And, and I couldn't imagine that every time I pulled in the parking lot, seeing a huge white spot of paint reminding me of what we had done to Canadian tire. So I, I'm working at trying to get this cleaned up. And, and I'm finally, I'm aware that Kathy is really in a lot of pain. She's gone pale. She's like, and I'm like, well, I helped her up to the front seat and get her in the car. And, and so she's just like the whole way home. She's like kind of like this. We get home. We get in the house. As a matter of fact, uh, my compassion skills were high that day. Because Kristen came out when I got home and helped her mom in the house. And I video recorded it. 
And we play it every now and then just for a, a good chuckle. I, if we had airplay, I'd play it for you right now. <laughs> Anyhow, Kathy, <clears throat> getting to the, the, the moral of the story. <laughs> there isn't one. But <laughs> so Kat, Kristen's kind of looking over her shoulder at me, and I'm, <laughs> I'm recording this exchange of conversation. <clears throat> we get in the house, and she takes her boot off. You know, I'm thinking she has her boot on. It can't be that bad. And, and her toenail is just <laughs> looking really, really rough. But Kathy, being the faith-filled person that she is, she said, I'm just going to pray that I don't lose my toenail. It's all black. It's, you know, yeah, some of you have more compassion. So, you know, we get that. It's months later. Your toenail grows at, what was it, 0.33? It's months later, and her toenail hasn't fallen off. It's, it's still there. And, and so she went for a visit with my twin sister and, and her daughter, and literally she's, she's showing Brooklyn her toe, and she said, you know, this happened to me, and, but I'm just believing that God, that God, is going to keep my toenail right there, keep it on. And, and this is, we're into the month of July now, I think. And, and while she's telling Brooklyn that, her toenail falls off. <laughs> Anyone ever felt like that? You're just declaring the greatness of God. And... And the very opposite thing happens that you want to happen. But the reality, here's the moral. The reality is, is that that old toenail was being replaced by a brand new one. And the old one couldn't stay where the new was determined to grow into. Can I remind many of us this morning that it feels like the worst thing that the, the last thing that you want to do is lose some of the old that you're connected to. You, the last thing that you want to do is, is, is lose the thing that is most comfortable to you, the thing that's grown with you. And, and sometimes God says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shake it up a little bit in 2020 because there's a new thing that I want to do. I, I, I want to celebrate with you. We will in just a minute. I want to celebrate with you about the new things that God wants to do. But, but we also have to embrace the reality that something old has got to go if God is going to do the new. That's just, that's just the way it is. There isn't any other way around it. We can't keep both. We can't keep the old and embrace the new. And, and I'm not talking about doctrine and I'm not talking about anything like that. But I, I am talking about a new work that God wants to do in our life. A new growth that God wants to release in our hearts and in our spirits. I'm, I'm declaring it that God wants to do it even now. It's springing forth. You see, the seed of the word is sometimes all we need to release the potential in our life. And that faith that's already resident in the room combined with the word is going to release some power to bring about something brand new in your heart in your life in your family God wants to do some new things in your finances God wants to do some new things in your home God wants to do some new things in your faith growth God wants to do some brand new things in your life but it can only happen if we let go of the old we we got some old ways that God's saying just let go of that because I'm about ready to do a brand new thing a new thing. Throughout the word of God, he continually reminds us that we are to be creative as his creation. He said, sing a new song unto the Lord. Play skillfully with a loud noise. If anybody's a little upset about the new PA system, I threw that one in there for you. 
Psalm 40, verse 3, and he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. A new song. I should remind you that this sound system is going to the youth chapel. <laughs> that's a new thing that's happening around here. Don't poke your head in yet, but it's very exciting. There's, you know, it seems like every year we've got some new area that we're working on. God, God expects us, he anticipates us to do some new things. Sometimes we got to get move the old out and move the new in. We got to do that, don't we? It costs us a little bit. It's a it's a frustration. There's dust. Someone someone mentioned a few weeks ago, they they came in and said it's I, I have to dust in the foyer. I said, put up a sign and tell them we're pardon our dust. We're in the middle of renovations. It's hard to keep up with sometimes. It's just things that are happening, but for that new thing to take its place, there's some old things that have got away. That's what the dust is. It's just the old. Got to get rid of it. Got get, to gotta get rid of the old thing. There's some new things that God wants to do. There's a new song that God wants to put in our spirit. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Unto the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, all the earth. I, I'm grateful for that, that attitude of worship that's here in the room this morning. I feel it. It's lifting. It's encouraging. I, I sense it. Happen, there's something happening. And if we just let that new song out, boy, a new song is a new declaration. A, a new song is a new reminder to ourselves about something great that God has done. It's a new thing. Jesus, God said that he would do new things. The prophet, we, we already read about it, Isaiah 43, 19. But if you backed up a chapter, you'd find in Isaiah 42 and verse 9, he said, behold, the former things are come to pass. That's hard for us, things that come to pass. We've been walking with some fam families through the valley of the shadow of death this week. And, and it's hard when things come to pass. Things that matter to us, people that matter to us, mourning that occurs in our lives. It's difficult. Some things come to pass. But God is the God of new. He's continually regenerating. He's continually growing. And he said, and new things do I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof, sing unto the Lord a new song. Does anybody got a new song? It, it may not be like perfect melody. You may not have three-part harmony, especially if you're singing by yourself. But sometimes you just got to let a new song out. You got to let that new song release in your life. You got to let that new song occur because God is doing a new thing. You know, a new song accompanies new things. That's what Isaiah said. He said, singing to the Lord a, a new song. Why? Because he said new things. If God said he's going to new, do, do new things, then we've got to be willing to declare a new song. That's difficult for some of us because... We embrace, all, I'm not, I'm not, really, I'm not on the worship wars this morning. But we, I love, I love, let me just make personalize this. I love some of the old hymns. Blessed assurance. I find myself, yeah, that's okay. Clap. I'm not, I'm not going to slap you down. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I, I love it. I love sweet hour of prayer. I, I love it. I, those are the songs. We sing the new songs here. I sing the old songs home. Don't write me a letter and play, say, please write the, sing the new old songs here. I, I do. But there isn't something that accompanies a new attitude. And there's something that accompanies new things that God wants to do. And that's a new song. 
So if God's got new songs, he's got new things, I'm grateful that God is continually engaged in in making things new in our heart, in our life, in our spirit. God is at work continually. As a matter of fact, Lamentations, in the middle of Jeremiah's lament, while he is weeping, he remembers, he reminds himself. He said, this I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. What does he say? They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. There, there, there's some great things that happen. Why? Because God is a God of the new. This morning, there were mercies brand new. When you put your feet on the floor today, God said, I've got new mercy available. I don't know what new problem cropped up in your life I don't know what new situation you're engaged or worried about but here's what I know I've got a new mercy available for you why because God is a God of the new here's what I know I, I we engage enough people in conversation to know that you need new mercy this morning we, we have enough conversations in the counseling office that I know that everybody in the room needs a brand new mercy this morning. I, I know that we are walking in a sin-filled, sin-sick world, so every single heart in the room needs to engage the new mercy that God has available for us this morning. That's the kind of new thing that God said was available, so I wish we'd just take a praise break. We're, we're going to move quickly, don't worry. We're not going to be here all day, but I wish someone would just thank God for a brand new mercy that's available this morning a brand new opportunity God is the God of the new so it's for you whatever failing is in your past whatever error occurred whatever wrongdoing you're thinking about right now his mercy is sufficient his grace is sufficient and his mercy is brand new today Come on, you've got a God that knows where you are. You've got a God that cares about what's happening right now. And he loves you enough to release brand new mercy this morning. He loves you enough to remind you, my mercy, it's available. My mercy's at work. My mercy is reaching. And it's just a few minutes in the middle of the sermon, but I wish we'd just let the mercy of God reach us in the middle of our mess today and let him pick somebody up. Let him put them back on their feet. Let him be reminded His love is greater. His blood is enough. There's power to save. There's power to heal. There's help in the room today. God's reaching. But more than that, he's pulling you up out and putting your feet on a rock to say, he's got room for you in this family. He's got room for you in the future. He's got room for you in heaven. He's had work this morning. There's new mercy. Hallelujah. I just would just, would you just lift your voice to the next octave? Would you just lift it to the next decibel? Would you just lift it for a minute and thank God that he can. Thank him that he's reaching. Thank him that he's working this morning. New mercy. Hallelujah. Great faithfulness. It's yours. God's portion is yours. Hope is yours this morning. It's all a part of the promise that God said he would give you. It's new mercy. God is a God of the new. I'm going to jump a little bit ahead in my notes because I want to talk to you a little bit about, about some things that God 
wants to do in us and through us. You see, God's always doing the new. God's doing the new thing. But it's out of a traditional element. Um, I, I think the best picture of what God wants to do in the scripture was the vineyard. Out of the many things that Noah missed on the ark, wine was one of them. And I'll just put the clarification out. I disagree with alcohol. I've got two that agree. You say, well, Pastor Jack, where's your Bible? You just tell me one instance in the word that reflects on the use of alcohol that turned out positive. Can't find it. We could stay there a little while, I guess. <laughs> if you want a personal Bible study about it, I'd be glad to give it to you. Um, but he planted, Noah planted a vineyard. He did. That was one of the things that he missed uh, being on the ark, I'm sure, out of many. But one of the blessings that, <clears throat> that God promised in the new promised land to Israel was that there would be vineyards that they didn't create olive gardens yards that they didn't plant he said you'd eat from them there was a distinct privilege of 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 what God was passing as far as blessings onto the children of Israel and the vineyard was one of them the vineyard the vineyard was something that recreated itself every year yeah the land was still there the property was there the the wine press would have been there the grapes were trodden out. It was, it was there, but every year, new seeds had to be sown. Every year, new grapes had to be grown. If you know what I mean, you know what I'm talking about. There was, a new, there was something new that had to happen in the traditional. It was, it was things that were passed down. The, 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 the field was still there from the previous year, but somebody had to tend it. Somebody had to work on it. Somebody had to throw the rocks out that the frost had dislodged. Somebody had to allow the weeds to get pulled out so that the, the fruit of the vine could grow the way that God intended for it to grow. And, and it's a great picture because it reminds us that we have a wonderful heritage and a wonderful history. We've got exactly what we need. We've been presented with a, a, a wonderful building. I wasn't here in 1988. I was alive, but I wasn't here in 1988 when they built this new sanctuary. I wasn't here when they built 1977 sanctuary, the old sanctuary that we're currently working on right now. I, I was alive, but I wasn't here. But here we stand and sit in a room that we have been uh, passed with a great level of responsibility. We have a tremendous heritage. We have a wonderful vineyard. This is, this is a phenomenal privilege attached to a phenomenal responsibility. And not just for me, for you, for us. This is ours. We've been entrusted with it. But it comes with a great responsibility that we are careful that the harvest continues. There is new that God wants to do, but somebody has got to tend the field. Somebody has got to tend the harvest. Somebody has to, has to pick the grapes and get them in the wine press. Somebody has to, to get them in there and see that, that juice pushed out of that grape. That's, that somebody has to ensure that that happens. And so it's important for us to remind ourselves. That's why Jeremiah said, stand ye in the way and see and ask for the old paths wherein is the good way. 
It's, it's why we have stories like Naboth, the Jezreelite, who had a vineyard, but he wouldn't sell it to Ahab, the king. It was right next to Ahab's house, and Ahab wanted it. There wasn't, <clears throat> there wasn't one thing that Naboth could, uh, could think of that Ahab would offer him for that vineyard. He said, it's simply not for sale. There wasn't a better vineyard that would, he would trade Ahab for. Why? Because it was a heritage that had been, in, that had been entrusted. There was history attached to that. There, there, was, there was the responsibility that had been given to Naboth to continue the work of that vineyard. But Naboth still had to get out and harvest the grapes. Naboth still had to ensure that they, they didn't get eaten up by the animals. Or they, he just he still had to do the work. You know what I'm talking about? It's the same with us today. We, we have a tremendous heritage and we have a tremendous responsibility, but, but God intends for us and expects us to continue to grow this work, this one. It's a very fruitful. Isaiah 5 speaks about God when he, when he speaks about Israel as a vineyard. He said, my beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. We are in a very fruitful place. We are in a very, it's terrific opportunity. God has growth that he wants to bring to us, but we have got to be willing to take the responsibility to ensure that this growth occurs. I think we, we, we did this a little while ago. Would you tap your neighbor and say, I will? I will. You see, we want the new, but it's going to take the responsibility of ensuring the seed is in the soil. It's going to take the responsibility of ensuring that, that the garden is manicured, that the vineyard is cared for. It's going to take the responsibility. You see, that's what God did. It said that he fenced it. We've got to have a fence around us today. We got to have a fence that keeps the devil out and keeps the work of God safe. We got to have a fence around our lives, around our homes, around our church. Someone thank God that he can build a fence around us. And we, we don't have the right. We don't have, if God put a fence around this truth and if God put a fence around this church, then we don't have a right to go tearing the fence down. We don't have the right to, to go taking things and moving them out of the way. We, we need to ensure that the fence is maintained. We, it said that he gathered the stones out of the, the midst thereof. We don't have a right to bring those rocks back in. We don't have a, a right. we got to ensure that the work is maintained continually. If God did that for us, you, you want to know how we ensure that God is still doing a new thing? Is that we have an opportunity for him to work in. We have the vineyard prepared for him to accomplish his work. God, God wants to bring growth. God wants to bring opportunity. But we've got to be willing to let him do that work in us. You see, God looked on Israel and he thought, he, sh he said it should. He looked that it should bring forth grapes. But it brought forth wild grapes. Something hadn't been cared for and something hadn't been maintained. Somebody let the fence down. Somebody wasn't careful with what was sown. Somebody wasn't careful with the word that was given, the, the, the preaching that was preached. Somebody wasn't careful. They, they, were un, they were just uncaring. But the new thing that God wants to do, we, we've got to ensure that this vineyard is maintained. We're going somewhere. We're talking about new wine. We want new wine, don't we? I mean, new wine is that picture of the Holy Ghost in the New Testament. We want new wine. We want the Holy Ghost flowing freely. We don't want it held back. If, if the Good Samaritan was a picture of Christ, he poured in oil and wine. We want that pouring to occur. We want that to happen. But it can only happen if we allow God to bring growth in us the way that he wants to. We can come back to the music this morning. We have our responsibility. Our theme scripture 
for CCC is Isaiah 58 and verse 12. You can find it in our new members classes. You can find it in our foundation course. And if you've never taken that course and you'd, you'd like to, see me after service. We'd love to get you signed up to be a part of that. If you've never taken a part, uh, had the privilege of sitting down and talking about what <clears throat> your pastors see as vision for our community, what, you, what we think this vineyard can do. We'd love to sit down with you and tell you about what God, what we see God doing in our community, what we see God doing in our city, in our region. We'd love to sit down and talk to you about that. You're part of it, by the way. Everyone is part of it. You know, um, there's a call in this room this morning. There's a call to our church that has tremendous history, but there's a call to the brand new, first in the room, first time in the room, heart that's looking and searching for fulfillment and focus. God's at work here this morning. He is causing a new thing to spring forth. Church, let me talk to you for a moment. Seasoned, it says, that theme verse states this, Isaiah 58, verse 12, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. The restoration, the maintenance, that responsibility is ours today. If we want new, new wine to flow, then we've got to have a place for God to do it. We've got to have a heart that's prepared for God to accomplish that. Is anybody looking for new wine to flow? God promised that it would happen. As a matter of fact, he, he declared it. In the Old Testament, there was a picture of it. Nehemiah spoke about it. He said, the children of Levi shall bring the offering of the corn of the new wine. It was there. Proverbs, the promise, it says, <clears throat> verse 9 of chapter 3 honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine it's there that new wine opportunity is here that new wine that God wants to flow in this generation it's prepared it's ready God God has everything in place and I have a picture of it today I, I just got a picture of it in my mind this church is a vineyard Grapes growing. Opportunity exists. Hard to imagine when it's minus 22. Got my van this morning. It was slow turning over. I was slow turning over. It's hard to imagine a new thing. But if you could just imagine that if we put the seed in the soil, God will do the work of growing. And that new thing is going to push its way through. You know, you look around, there's still the odd little leaf stuck on a tree somewhere. Even in January, still hanging on. I don't know, frozen on. I don't know. I don't know why it happens. It's last year's growth, though. It's doing everything it can to hang on, to stick to it. But here's what, I, here's what else I know. Is that when spring comes and the sap begins to flow... That old leaf can't stay there. 
a new leaf will take its place and it's gonna it's held on for months it's held on for all that it can it's barely it's all it's dead it's dry but it can't hold on when the new growth comes and I'm not saying that's not anybody. I'm saying our old mentalities, our old mindsets, our old stuck in the way. That, that, that's got to get moved out of the way so God can do the new thing. God wants to do the new thing. I, I'm looking forward to that oil and wine flowing. I'm looking forward to the Holy Ghost being poured out in this altar this year. I, I'm looking forward to hearts. I'm looking forward to the miraculous being released. I'm looking forward to healing happening. I, I'm looking forward to wheelchairs being emptied. I'm looking forward to crutches being being thrown down and people walking away free of whatever infirmity had held them for so long. I'm looking forward to blind eyes being open and deaf ears being unstopped. I'm looking forward to doctor's reports being stuck on the wall because they don't have an explanation for what happened. I'm looking forward to new growth. I'm looking forward to new opportunity. I'm looking forward to the new wine flowing. I can't wait. I know it's going to happen. The new they shall burst out with new wine. I know it's going to happen. The new. The new. But my final closing comments today is that Jesus reminded us is that in order for there to be new wine, there has to be new wineskins. There has to be. The image of the new wine is there all the way through Scripture. But often unsaid and un not declared is the fact that in order for there to be new wine, in order for it to be kept, in order for it to be harvested, in order for it to be yielded and given, there had to be new wine skins. And often we look at scripture like that. We have this mental image of a nice little bottle with a cap and that's the new wine skin. No, I, that, that's, not, that's not the way it worked. You know, that, that's like us going shopping for meat in the meat aisle and we have this inoculated view of what it costs the chicken for us to have boneless skinless chicken breast we, we got we got this you know we went through the Daniel fast and Kathy picked up some of these synthetic burgers the spices were all there the idea was there but it wasn't the same but here's what I do know those synthetic vegetable burgers from Costco didn't cost any animal anything You see, in the warm climate of Palestine, grape juice would begin to ferment very quickly. After the initial fermentation, the wine would be strained to separate out all the sediment. And after four to six days, it was poured into clay jars lined with pitch or animal skins. And then made its way into wine skins that were, they were made, now hear me, they were made of whole tanned goat skins. Where the legs and the tails were, that was now cut off and sealed shut. You know, in, in the ancient times, the, the seal that they would have would be rudimentary and limited. But, but that limitation, the, the, as best as they could, they would create that container. But it was literally an animal skin. An animal had to die for them to have new wine. The wine skins were made from that 
from that goat and that wine would need to age without access to oxygen as the yeast consumed all that natural sugars in the grapes and the byproduct of aging was carbon dioxide and, and before long that entire whole large skin would be bulging just like, just like a balloon. But the byproduct of that effort and that work was that the new wine would be yielded and given. We want new wine. But here's what had to happen the next year. The reality was that it was after that skin was used the one time, it could never be used again. And new sacrifice had to happen. A new price had to be paid. We all want new things. We want new wine. But God needs a container that's freshly committed and newly sacrificed. That's why Paul said, I die daily. Why? Because if Paul was going to have new life and if Paul was going to have new wine, if Paul was going to be a container for the gospel, if he was going to be a container for the Spirit of God to work through him, then he had. He had to die daily. And that new wineskin of his life, that new wineskin of his soul, that new wineskin, that container that God would fill fresh every day, it had that opportunity. I, I, I'm reminding us that if we want new wine, then it's going to take new wineskins. It's a new level of sacrifice. It's a new level of commitment. I, I, there's some people in the room, and this is all brand new to you, and all these Old Testament stories, and the only thing you really got out of it was Kathy's toenail grew back. But if I could just sum it up, and I will, two minutes. If I could sum it up this morning, I, I, I'd say that, that your life is a container. But if you'll put it on an altar and give your life to God, then He can fill that life with new wine. He can fill your life with His Spirit. All, all the things that you think are wrong and out of order and all messed up, mixed up, mixed up like that. Messed up, mixed up, in a mess. Everything that's out of order, you don't have to put it all in order. All you have to be willing to do is put it on the altar. Put it on the altar of repentance. Put it on the altar of baptism. Put it on the altar and let God fill you with his spirit. And God will take care of whatever's not right. God just needs a new wineskin this morning. God just needs somebody to say, here's my life. I, I hear what the preacher's saying and all I got is that I've got to be willing to say, God, here's my life this morning. It's just a skin. It's nothing in it. That's the perfect thing that God needs. He doesn't need your anything. He just needs you willing to release your life today. Standing together with me, we can raise the screen. Your life this morning can become a brand new thing. There can be a new flow. There can be new life. There can be brand new opportunity this morning. But there's a requirement. There's a price. I, I wish, I wish we, I wish we could do it without the sacrifice. But sacrifice is God's signature from the Old Testament all the way to the new. It's sacrifice in the old. It's animals that are given life that's made so that we could live. Life that's given, turned over, yielded, 
The altar was the first article of furniture when you entered into the tabernacle. First article of furniture when you entered into the temple. And it's the first article of furniture that begins your walk with God today. It's a picture of sacrifice. It's an odd word to use in 2020, but it simply means that we're willing to lay our life down so he can give us his new life. I don't have time today, but that's why we talk about new birth. That's why he told Nicodemus, marvel not that you must be born again. It's new birth. It's new life. That's why in the Old Testament, or in the New Testament, the very end, Revelation, Jesus said, I'm going to make all things new. Why? Because he can. God can. But he just needs a container. He needs some, some life that's willing to be a wine skin today. I wonder if you'd, every person would bow their head. We're going to sing in just a moment. It's 12:16 Sunday, February the 9th. Early in the afternoon, but God is bringing new life today. It could be five minutes around the altar. It may be 10 minutes for us to baptize you today, but God wants, he wants to make a new thing occur in somebody's life this morning. Would you pray together with me, Jesus? God, your word is doing the work. You promised that it would do. Forever settled. God, every part of it pushes forward this plan that you have for us. God, to have new life. I'm praying for someone that's clinging desperately to all they know. The safety and the security of the past. God, it's what's got them this far, but you're wanting to release something new. God, you're wanting to release your word in their life, that active ingredient. God, to allow them to become what you're calling them to be. God, you're doing a new thing in 2020. It's a decade of new opportunity. It's a new decade, but God, you're doing a new thing. And I pray, Father, that you would let that new work occur in every heart, in every life this morning. I, I, church family, would you just, if you, if you know what we're talking about, if you know that gift of the Spirit, if you've received that, would you just begin to pray as the Holy Ghost begins to lead you? Would you pray for somebody that's in the room this morning? It's a struggle for, come on, it's a struggle for their life right now. Come on, he, he wants to give you a new name. He wants to give you a new focus. He wants to give you a new opportunity. He wants to take out all the old and bring brand new. That's what God would desire to do this morning. I'm going to invite our church family to come. I'm going to invite every person to come. We call this an altar because it's a place of sacrifice today. Ministers, if you're in the room, I wonder if you would come quickly because there are people that 
that need, they need prayer this morning. And I'm going to invite us to pray with them. I'm going to invite them to come for prayer. But I wonder if you just all come together. Let's, let's begin to come. We're going to begin to sing. But God's about to do something new in somebody's heart. I believe that God wants to fill somebody with the baptism of his spirit this morning. I believe this altar can be a place where you lay down the old and God releases a brand new opportunity. Someone, your next step today is in this baptismal tank. That's your next opportunity. We're prepared for you. We have robes ready. The water's warm. We're prepared. Why? Because God's ready to do some work in somebody's life today. I'm wondering if you'll come and lay some things on the altar. I, God's just looking for a wineskin so he can use them today. God's looking for a life so he can fill it. I free.